Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we begin chapter 12 in the book of Mark. Yes, we're still in the Passover week, which will eventually culminate in Jesus' crucifixion. But Jesus is still preaching the gospel. And in today's passage, after being confronted by the scribes and Pharisees about where Jesus gets his authority, Jesus begins to teach in a parable. And this parable, well, let's just say it didn't paint the religious leaders of the day in a positive light. And that much they clearly understood. But they didn't learn. They didn't repent. They chose instead to resent and just sought all the more to kill him for speaking the truth. The warning was ignored, and warnings that come from God, well, they're not wise to ignore. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, What Will the Owner Do? So this connects to the rest of that verse, what Peter is going to say to us. Kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing the fruit of it. Who is that? Well, that same Peter who was privileged to be God's mouthpiece to take the gospel to that group of Gentiles there in Caesarea, he wrote this some years later, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 8. Now, we could preach several sermons on this. I think I did when we went through 1 Peter. I'll be good. I'm just going to read it to you. 1 Peter 2, starting at verse 4. And coming to him as to a living stone which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. You ever heard anything about stones? Rejected? Anything like that? Precious in the sight of God. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Just like Romans chapter 12 says, present your bodies as living sacrifices. By the way, one of the most biblical names you'll ever find on this planet is Livingston, coming as living stones. That's what we are. We're part of this dynamic spiritual thing. And don't you love the metaphor of a living stone? I have never met a stone that had I had any kind of a relationship with. They're dead as dead can be. These are stones which are spiritual stones being built into this thing that God is building. Now look else. I said I wouldn't preach on that. I just did. Okay. Keep on reading what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2. For this is contained in Scripture. It all ties together. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious stone, corner stone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value then is for you who believe. I'll give you a hint. That's the nation, but we'll get to that in a minute. This precious stone is for you who believe, but for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected 
This became the very cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of, our, of offense. Ever heard those terms before? For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word, and to this doom they were also appointed. God said what the penalty would be ahead of time, so when they made that choice, that is their doom. They will be judged just as God promised that they would be judged. So Peter is explaining further the things that Jesus was saying that day in the temple, which I'm sure he remembered as he was saying those words in Cornelius' house. Now, here comes Peter's punchline in just a moment. Think back, if you can, to the beginning of 1 Peter. Who was Peter writing to? Well, it's very obvious in the beginning of it, he's writing to, to Christians, those who, are, those who are chosen, those who have been given the hope, those who have been um, uh, saved by, by the message of the gospel. He's writing to believers, both Jews and Gentiles, scattered over a whole bunch of places. And he names uh, a, a cluster of cities, Cappadocia, Pontus, Galatia, Bithynia, uh, places where uh, believers had been scattered by Oh, about the late 60s A.D., around the northeastern regions of the Mediterranean Sea. So, here's the connection to us. Here's the connection to the church. What is that nation? It's not a place that you can find on a map. It's a new people. And here's what Peter says, 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you are a chosen race... Well, that was said about Israel. You are a royal priesthood. That was said about Israel. A holy nation. That was said about Israel. A people for God's own possession. That was said about Israel. Everything that God promised to them, He's taken away from them and He's given them to this new group. He says, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. And look at the last part of this. For you were once not a people. You were the peoples, the Gentiles, the nations. You were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So if you want to study Mark 12, 1 through 12, You'd better have the book of Psalms handy. You'd better have the book of Isaiah handy. You'd better have Mark 12 handy. You'd better have 1 Peter handy. Oh, and by the way, why don't you study the whole book of Ephesians, especially those first three chapters where he says everything that Peter says right here. The nation producing the fruit of it is the church. A whole new thing that didn't exist when Jesus stood there in the temple. It includes every single individual who puts his or her trust in Jesus Christ, crucified, buried, risen, ascended, coming again, trusting Him for salvation. Those are the ones who have received mercy. Now, Matthew's final touch on this pericope. It's as clear as Mark's, but he added a little more verbiage. Let's look at what he says, Mark, or Matthew 21, 45 and 46. 
when the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parables, so he's referring to all three of them. We focused on the middle one here. They understood that he was speaking about them. When they sought to seize him, why'd they come that day? To arrest Jesus, to get him killed. But when they sought to seize him, they feared the people because they considered him to be a prophet. They backed down, they slithered away. I think the ambient temperature in the whole outer court of the temple probably went up about three degrees from how hot they were under their collars in their frustration. They couldn't get him. Why? Because he's in charge. He's arranging all of this. So, put it all together. The vineyard represents Israel. Spiritual kingdom of God was entrusted to Israel. The one who planted the vineyard is God. He chose Israel to be His people on earth. Oh, He has a lot more promises yet, full, yet to be unfulfilled. He'll get, he'll get to them, but not now. The wicked renters of the vineyard, they're the leaders of Israel. Chief priests, the scribes, the elders, the parties of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all those who uh, followed them and were under their sway. The, the whole nation was guilty to one extent or another, and He lumps them all together. The servants that are sent to collect the owner's share of the vintage represents the prophets of the Old Testament up through and including John the Baptist, whom they beat, tortured, killed, rejected. The owner's son pictures Jesus Christ. You either embrace Him or you stumble over Him. If you stumble over Him, He becomes your judge. He will one day pulverize you. That's what the words mean. If we only had time, I would love to show you how despite Israel's rejection of the Messiah, God will still fulfill His every promise that He made to, uh, to that nation, and uh, that'll have to be for another time. He will get it done. But we need to realize the importance of that question, what will the owner do? Do you want to be the target of His wrath? You want to be the object of His grace. Your choice, your call, the invitation is open. Let's pray. Father, how we thank You for Your majestic grace in the Lord Jesus Christ, that You would be uh, so patient with us to send Your Son to not pulverize us when we have so many countless times deserved it, but You would let us stand in Your grace. Please make us ready spokesmen of this marvelous message. Please um, build Your kingdom which now exists in the form of the church, which is also the household of God, which is also the bride, which is also your family, if you will, the, the body through which you live, and you are our Father, and we are your children, and you are our master, and we are your slaves. Oh, Father, let us revel in that and realize that your grace truly is amazing. Many around us have not heard that message, Lord. Please give us opportunities to, uh, to spread the word. And please don't let a, a soul leave this place apart from standing in Christ, in whose name we pray.
Amen. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.